You're listening to And you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Welcome to episode 131 of the Collabcast. It's Monday, July the 31st, 2017. The last day of July is here. It's almost August. When did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> Time just flies. It did. My name is Marvin Ye. I'm Minji Chang. And we're your hosts for this weekly look at pop culture in Asian America. And this week we're joined by a very special guest all the way across the country. Down in the south. From Atlanta, Georgia, um, but originally from from L.A. Originally from the Bay, from baby. From the Bay. Oh, okay. Exactly, yes. <laughs> I am from the Bay, lived in L.A., and now I'm in the A. <laughs> um, Jennifer Chung. Oh, you might remember her. She, used to, she played a bunch of collaboration shows back in the day. Jennifer, one of the OG YouTubers that I watched. <laughs> <laughs> so excited to have so you on the show. Welcome. Um, you guys met each other when she was in... Um, Atlanta. I met her before, but yeah, yes. no, we got to hang out in Atlanta for a little bit. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, so it was really good to see a familiar face. I'm always excited when people come to Atlanta. I'm like, my people. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us through the magic of internet audio via Skype. Please sponsor us somehow. Please sponsor us, Skype. <laughs> yeah, Skype, holler. We are holler. always giving you these shout outs, you know. It was a solid... <laughs> How is the, um, I don't want to talk about weather, but how is, how, how's everything? How's it I, I Atlanta? It's, it's like hella humid here right now. Exactly. It's so I love hot. hella humid. <laughs> it's been unseasonably humid here too. I was, I was down in San Diego for Comic-Con last weekend and like, I don't remember being that humid, but Were also my memory sucks ever? also. It was fun. Yeah. We're going to talk about it a little bit after this, but, uh. You know what, let's just get into it. Every week we start off our podcast with a pop culture roundtable where we talk about what's on our mind in the world of pop culture and Asian America. Um, this week, let's start off with Jen. What's on your mind? So, okay, everyone was re- recently very obsessed with Okja. But yes. the reason why I feel like that it really connected with me was, number one, obviously, it takes place in Korea for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then number two is that you fall in love with this super pig. But for me, I'm in love with my dogs. I'm obsessed with my dogs. And I'm all about rescuing dogs. And it was so funny because I was like watching it. And I'm like, I should feel like I shouldn't eat meat anymore. But it's really just I don't I would never eat dogs. Is that weird for me to say? (laughs) I just really love dogs. And I think everyone that's listening to this podcast needs to go and adopt a pit bull right now. Oh, you have adopted pit bull? Yeah, so when I first got married and I moved to Atlanta, I was like, I really want a dog. I've never had a dog. I always lived in apartments. So I um, adopted my first dog, Toby. And the way that I got him was I wrote a letter on Craigslist, and I wrote this essay. I said, hey, I'm Jennifer. Actually, maybe I didn't even say my name. Maybe I said, I just got married. You know, we have jobs. We live in an apartment, and we're ready to – rescue a dog or adopt a dog that you can't take care of anymore but I'm not going to pay for that dog because I have to pay for 
the, you know, the dog fee in the apartment and I'll make sure that it's taken care of. Just give me their information, like what their health records are, a picture, and um, we'll decide from there. Oh my and I got God. like five emails. So wow. I chose him because he looked like a pit bull and I thought he'd have the hardest time finding a home. <laughs> oh my God, Jen. Right off the bat, I'm like diving into your soul. Yeah. That's so sweet. And that's br- I don't know. I'm really big on like putting what you want out in the world, in the universe. As I our really, listeners, I really believe in. that. I really believe asking you shall receive. It's yeah. a real thing. And you're clear. You're transparent. Like, look, I can't pay for this dog, but I'm gonna take care of it. I love it. That's so yeah. awesome. Pibbles are cool. Yeah, and they're huge. No, though. that's the thing. They have a huge bad rap. <laughs> yeah, but they're so sweet. Like they're one of the sweetest dogs I've ever met. See, my thing mm-hmm. with a big dog is that then you have to take care of big poops. And sure. yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Well, you know. But here's the thing. It's just one big poop every so often. Whereas what if you have like a little nugget dog and it's always like <laughs> having to go to the bathroom and there's like little nuggets everywhere inside your house. Whereas my dog can like hold it for a bit. I'm like, all right, let's go outside. That's yeah. true. Bigger dogs put bigger like sphincter muscles or something. I don't know. I just feel <laughs> like, well, Again, it's the energy of the dog. Too. I think bigger dogs have, um, they're like misinterpreted. Like you think that they're, they'd be more aggressive because of their side. I don't know, some weird like pri- like primal instinct that we have, which is wrong. I feel like do- bigger dogs are so much sweeter. Like they're more, they're, yeah, ha- they're gentle giants. <laughs> have y'all ever seen Champions on Netflix? Uh-uh. No. Okay, that's, the ne- that's literally a documentary that I could watch every day. <laughs> And it's basically a follow-up on the dogs that were rescued from Michael Vick's fighting camp. Oh, wow. Oh. Right? So they it's they did a really good job with the documentary. So everyone <laughs> go watch Champions and then watch Okta. But with Champions, <laughs> they follow what happened at Michael Vick's and how like PETA actually originally wanted to put down all these dogs. They were just like, there's no way that they can be rehabilitated. You just have to rid them of the world that treated them poorly. Oh. But people were like, yeah, people were like, no. That's not how it should be. And then they actually followed up with the dogs and how they were represented by a lawyer for the first time as guardians, you know, and some of them are, you know, actually therapy dogs now. Oh my God. So they were able to be rehabilitated after the, yeah, some of them were, and then others are in forever sanctuary, uh, with the best friends organization, but they were pretty much, you know, taken from the South to California and actually in like Oakland or San Francisco area, and it's a it's a, a rescue place called Bad Rap. So, wow. see, that's the thing. Like the first instinct for anybody when it comes to like animals that are aggressive or attack is like we gotta kill it. Like there's that um, that gorilla from like last year was it the Harambe? Yeah, and mm-hmm. also like the there there was an incident just recently with a a bear that I guess picked up a camper because like thought it was food and the camper was just sleeping out in the open. And then mm. the park just put it down. But there's like, that's the vast majority. There's never, it's, I don't know, it's like a freak accident. And then these, like, all animals are aggressive and terrible. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of like socialization and conditioning. I don't know. And the thing is, I've never, I've owned so many different dogs. Like my family, we've rotated and I feel terrible. Honestly, I look at our history of dog ownership and I'm like, <laughs> Ma, Oma. But why do you keep getting dogs if we never have them longer than like a year or two? 
Like it was mm. actually don't talk about this ever, but the like, Where did they go? We would like give them to different families. I don't know why my parents kept attempting to own dogs. Were they all like Shih Tzus and Maltese? No, they were they weren't. <laughs> actually, I, we never had a small dog. We had like okay. well, the first one was a poodle, but like a bigger one. And then we had an American Eskimo, which was like a little bit bigger. It wasn't the tiny one. Mm-hmm. And then we had a freaking uh, Labrador. Oh, wow. And we had a Chindoke, which is like the Korean version of a yeah. Shiba Inu. Did you get them as puppies? Was, was it just like you were, you guys love puppies, but not dogs? Maybe, no, the only one that we got as a puppy was the Chindoke, was the Korean one, the Korean mm. dog. And I freaking fell in love with that. But like, <laughs> we're all busy, so we never took care of these dogs. So I was like, why do we keep getting dogs? <laughs> I feel that. I mean, I feel like because when I first got Toby, I was new to Atlanta and I didn't really have a community here. So having a dog and he was new to the world. He yeah. was born a month after I got married. Oh. So we were kind of like in this new world together, just figuring out life and finding <laughs> comforts at home with each other. That's so sweet. That's cool. See, now that's, that's part of why I hesitate to adopt a dog. Yeah, it's a lot of time. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do it by myself, but yeah, I, I have enough. a partner, so but then he'd I be wanna, able to help me. And, yeah, you know. exactly. See, but like, well, I'm a cousin, and like, you know, I don't know. If I could bring my dog to work, there's people in this know, office that bring Your cousin's like young, early 20s out, she, on, the, out on the road. No, she's not. I'm way out on the road, way more than my cousin is. That's not right. There's no wrong or right, Marv. <laughs> it just is or it isn't. But I, I, I want a dog. That's why I think I would get a smaller dog so that I could bring the dog to the office. Sure. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if I had a smaller dog, I'd definitely travel with the dog more. But my thing was, okay, so last year I adopted another dog, so we have two. And this one we actually rescued at the shelter. So they have a lot of free adoption days. So y'all, like, go check your local uh, shelters, pounds. They're always doing you know, complimentary adoption fees. I'm probably going to leave with like eight dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's hard. So I went in and I brought my dog Toby so that I could make sure that they get along. And I went in and I was like, Oh, I'm here to just check out a dog and see if maybe I find one. And they're like, good luck. There's 300. So <laughs> wow. I went in and then I made eye contact with Lo. So we named her Lo for little one. Cause she, she's like a little pit mix, but she's only like 30, 35 pounds. Uh, she used to be like 25 pounds. I thought she was going to not survive, but she made eye lock, like we made like eye contact and I knew she was the one I like walked around everywhere and I just went back to her and, um, we rehabilitated her. She's been with us for a year and she's amazing. Oh, now everyone's listening. is going to like, I need to adopt. <laughs> yeah, I'd go adopt. But you have to be a responsible, good, you know, owner and just remember they're animals at the end of the day, they're animals. So I understand that some you know, they're not going to understand everything that you do, but you have to love them. And they also show you unconditional love, especially considering that you can't just talk your way into things or out of things with animals. Yeah. You have to show them. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> My girlfriend wants a cat. Oh, I'm allergic to those. Yeah, I'm allergic to them and I'm mixed on there. Also, cats are jerks. <laughs> so is this like a point of uh, friction <laughs> with you two? <laughs> it's like uh, she's gonna listen shit it's fine it's fine it's fine I'm, I was okay I was in the presence of a cat yesterday and we just kind of like stared at each other for I was like what's your deal like, like, you're like now, a cats person. know when you're allergic to them and they mm-hmm. follow you he was kind of I, don't, I think it was a she but she was like a brat I'm not saying all cats are brats there's a lot of nice cats that I'm, but I'm still gonna sneeze and um, no some of them are jerks I was like Yo, no, back really. down, bro. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, what's on your mind, Minji? Um, well, now dogs, but um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so moved. And it's so funny because, okay, side note, my brother told me that my spirit dog is a pit bull. Is it? Yes, yeah. that they're the best. Okay, sorry. Okay, yay, glad. Yeah. See, I got Jen's approval. No, because he said they were the OG like caretaker dogs. Oh. Like immigrated to the United States, like families would bring pit bulls, and then the media changed everything. Just as the media is against a lot of things, they yeah. made pit bulls the enemy of all. Oh, I don't. I don't think he was referring to me as the enemy of all, but like just like actually very sweet. Like yeah. pit bulls are sweet, but it's like really it, if necessary, will destroy you. <laughs> Out of like <laughs> yeah, protection and like loyal. yeah, they only fight because they think that that's what their owners want. Mmm, interesting. They think that that's gonna make you can, happier. They they're protecting you, but I can see that. you're that's that's <laughs> the big compliment. You're gonna be a dog. Aww, I don't know how much we knew about that, but yeah, that was his instinct. But um, I mean, she's a pit bull. She's gonna start wearing aviators and go down to Miami. Yes, take some reggaeton. <laughs> Dale. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so like to turn completely into a more somber tone, but the thing that's been on my mind this week um, is the passing of Chester Bennington from mm. Lincoln Park. Yeah, we were we weren't able to talk a lot about lot talk about it this past episode because we recorded it the week before. Yeah, so, so the timing didn't work out. Yeah, but, but um, right. it has very much been on my mind um, because. He got me through a lot of really hard times and his passing, you know, the way that he, he passed was very, it was just very heartbreaking. It's a very sad story. Yeah. Um, and it just brings to light a a whole heap of other topics. But the thing that I really kind of just want to reflect on, of course, you know, not to overlook the, the mental health aspect and to, um, dig deeper and of course reflect, you know, but really just kind of taking this moment, um, Okay, so the thing that I thought about when I think of Chester is my birthday this past, my birthday party um, Mm -hmm. this past Saturday, I went dancing with friends. And to be honest, I've been on this like complete roller coaster of just go, 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 go. And I haven't had a moment to slow down or breathe or think. And that night when I danced, um, I danced for three hours straight at Booty L.A., didn't stop, didn't take, I only slowed down to drink water, but I, I went for three hours. And then you exploded. Yeah, I know. I don't know how I got home. <laughs> I barely drank. I just danced. And um, there was a, a moment in the in the set, the DJ, it's a mashup, and they had a Linkin Park segment. And it that's when it hit me. Mm. The funny thing is I read all these articles, but hearing the music and in this room with people within my age range, a part of this shared generation, all of mm-hmm. us had this moment of like, because we we're in like, just joyful dancing and then all of a sudden Linkin Park came on and all of us started singing together and so that's when I really felt it because I finally I don't know you know and I don't know you know (laughs) and uh yeah so it just felt like this really like I was like damn this guy like helped a generation like generations of people so I know in high school because um Linkin Park um especially on hybrid theory was big when we were in high school um I know you were more into like the R&B and the hip hop side of music. I was into Did you listen to yeah. like Linkin Park? Yeah. Honey, I don't know who didn't listen to Linkin Park cuz that's True. like the shared, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, like the yeah. shared angst of all of us. Like I can't. And they did a really great job with incorporating hip hop elements. Exactly. Which is why yeah. I think it like bridged a lot of people together. Right. That's true. 
yeah, it was very accessible. Like it was like hard rock, but it was also hip hop and Mike Shinoda and and um, Johan on the DJ. Like everything, it was just like it had it had a lot of soul to it. Yeah, and definitely what added to the coolness of it was they had like two Asian Americans in the band. Exactly, you know. And we had anything mm-hmm. twice of that, honestly, at the time, <laughs> which is like funny. You're not in the representation mindset, uh-huh. but I was just like, cool. And then it just proceeded to scream my heart out to their songs. (laughs) I don't know. Jen, were you a fan? I definitely was. Um, I mean, especially because the way that he sang, he's an amazing vocalist. Mm -hmm. Like, it's about the fact that even if you may not have had the same experience lyrically, Mm -hmm. you feel it in his voice and you hear it in his voice. And that triggers you in a different way where it kind of makes you empathize or it challenges you to think about the other side mm-hmm. and i think that's vocalist goals right right Just being someone who can move people with your voice and on top of that because lyrically it was so compelling and so honest and raw that i think it took everyone to the next level i completely agree there was something about the way he did his like his his screamo you've never heard a voice do that many voices at the same time without like and without any Digital effects. Right. 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 It's just, mm-hmm. just so unique. It felt very unfiltered from him mm-hmm. all the time. And I think that, you know, forever will. I, I, I brought it up like last winter when I was going through a hard time. I brought up Linkin Park and I put it on my Facebook. And I got hella likes on that <laughs> status. And so I didn't put it up for likes, mm-hmm. but I was just like, dude, there's literally nothing in life like a Linkin Park karaoke like therapy session. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you know. <laughs> well, you saw him at And then um, I saw the him show. a week later yeah. and I was like, I don't know what's happening in my life right now. <laughs> Um, I'm front, I'm like in the presence of Chester Bennington on stage with my friend Aquafina and, um, it, he's just powerful. So I don't know. I just wanted to bring him up because I know that there's a lot of people who have been going through a lot of feelings, dealing with his death and then reflecting on the music. And, and in that you kind of go down your own rabbit hole of like remembering yeah. how he healed you or helped you. And mm-hmm. I mean, one thing I will say is for a lot of people like Linkin Park, they, they stopped following them after Meteora, after the second album, because that's when they started changing their style. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would encourage everyone everyone who was a fan of them, was a fan of him, to go and listen to their, their third, their fourth, their fifth albums and kind of listen to how their music evolved over time and how like the message like, kind of became more mature, how they were always experimental. Like, yeah. you know, when they, when they did Hybrid Theory, Meteora, like nothing, like you, you've never heard anything like that before. And they kind of kept that up. Even though it wasn't the same thing, they kept doing things that people didn't expect. I need to go right? listen. To mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, and also to acknowledge, like, Chester, Com- he was very he was very vulnerable outside of music, too, and real about what he had experienced, the abuse that he had experienced as a young boy, and, you know, his depression and things like that. So I think there's all, especially just... I've been I've been going through a number of experiences and conversations with different people, Asian Americans, about um, our comfort and our ability to really talk about mental health. Again, this generation, we're much more comfortable than ever before, but there's still stigma and there's still discomfort because, again, we're maybe the first generation of many, many, many that could even start talking about depression or anxiety or you know suicide or, you know, we come from different backgrounds where things are okay to talk about, things aren't. And um, I do think that it's important to talk about it and finding the right people Mm -hmm. to help you um, if you have a problem, if you need to reach out. 
But that's, I mean, that's a huge element of what Chester's passing has brought up in a lot of conversations. Yeah. So I want to honor that too, because I don't think, you know, he, people, it's been very controversial. Like people have been saying horrible things. And well, I mean, it's whenever there's a high profile suicide, it's always, how do you cover it? How do you, how do you celebrate his life while also acknowledging the, the terrible stuff that happened to him to cause him to, to think Right. That there was no other way. Right. Right. Or that this was the only way out. Way out, yeah. Because a lot of times, like with depression and with anxiety, like you don't, you're not really thinking clearly. Like there's like an imbalance in like the way you think. Right. Right. And we've all, I mean, I feel like we've all been through periods like that before. And like, you know, that's why like it's so, it's so heartbreaking because a lot of times, like when I was feeling down as a kid, like in college or whatever, I would just put on Lincoln Park and like, scream through it right right and that's why i just mm-hmm. it's so ironic and very like touching and heartbreaking bittersweet because i think it, personally i think chester saved my life in a lot of ways not to be mm. dramatic about it but like i went through some shit and, and like if i hadn't had a way to to sing through it or just listen or just feel like somebody out there truly like for real got my pain Mm-hmm. who knows you know and that that's what that's uh caused me to think and it was it was it was i thank everybody who was dancing with me that night and anybody who if you were there that night at booty la i bless because that gave me a lot of um hope and release and joy yeah because it was just that moment of unity like we all were heartbroken but singing lincoln park together and uh i want to honor him i mean what's the big like angry song for kids these days like ed sheeran <laughs> Or like, yeah, like are people even like expressing their anger anymore? Ed Sheeran, I can't stop thinking about Ed Sheeran being emo angry. (laughs) Well, we try to dance. We we you know we we dance like positively out of things, but I don't know. I don't know what's the angry song. I listen to emo music. I just go back to the old stuff. Mm. Exactly, the old school ways. (laughs) Some good old days of emo music. But that's why, yeah. I mean, I. I agree. I think it's super important for everyone to be surrounding themselves with people that you really can open up to and talk to. Because even after his death, a lot of people were uploading videos and like sharing posts of him, you know, sharing about what he's going through verbally in interviews. He was very open about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And, you know, in a way, he was using his platform to let people know, like, you know, you might see me as a star, but this is what I struggle with. I'm a human being. And, I think it's so it's hard because I could see people saying like, oh, he's been crying out all this time and we couldn't save him. And there's a lot of pressure in that sense, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. If you feel like, oh, I can't save my friend from the feelings of what they're going through. But I think I'd also want to encourage any listeners, if if you have a friend who's crying out to you, don't give yourself that pressure that it's up to you to save yeah. them. But you just have to be the best friend that you could right. be. Right. <sighs> Rest in peace, Chester. We love you. R.E.P. Oh. And switching. Gears I don't know how to segue this on a brighter note. I guess. Yes, on a um, brighter note. I survived five days of Comic Con this past weekend. Very, I'm glad you survived, Marvin. Oh, I'm glad man. you came back. I want to go. So it is bad. crazy. So um, I, I I went there to cover um, Comic Con as like you know Asian American media whatever for collaborations. So um, mm-hmm. we're, we're putting together a a nice little podcast package for you guys. Um, hopefully it'll be out later this week. Um, interviewed a bunch of cool people. Went down Artist Alley where all the comic artists were like making like 
custom commissions for their fans. Like you pay them like hundred bucks, they draw you like a custom picture of like you and your boyfriend as superheroes or whatever. Um, talk to a couple um, comic book artists from Dark Horse, um, including Stan Sakai, who's the artist of Usagi Ujimbo, which is like a thirty-three. Like this comic was first published the year I was born. Aww. And it's been going like about a samurai rabbit. This like series has been like samurai rabbit. It's a samurai rabbit. Um, sometimes he teams up with the Ninja Turtles. That's pretty badass. It's pretty awesome. Um, so very selective in my cartoon <laughs> uh, participation, my fandom. Yeah, and then um, we have a great um, little segment on like the merch side of Comic Con, and we're going to talk to our friend Jeff Chen, Flavish in Houston. Yeah, DJ Kids, DJ Kid Styles, um, who. Um, is a big collector. Like he go, he goes to Comic Con to like get all the exclusive merch, and that's just like that's his Comic Con. So we're gonna explore that side too. But um, it was yeah, it was really crazy. I feel like after the first couple of days, I was more tired than the entire time we were at South by Southwest. We didn't go as hardcore, Marv. <laughs> I, we weren't even going hardcore. Like, why was it so exhausting? Then just I don't know. It's just it's just way more crowded, way more walking. I think we were logging like. At least 25,000 steps a day. Do you have a Fitbit? Was there a way to verify this data? Yeah. Okay, very nice. <laughs> your iPhone? Oh, you have my, a Fitbit. On my phone. Yeah, your yeah. phone like legit tracks yeah, everything. Man. Nice. Wait, so Jen, you haven't gone to Comic-Con before? I haven't either, so this is like, we're just... No, but, okay, to be honest, more than Comic-Con, I really wanted to go to D23. Have you yes. heard of that? Is that the Disney thing? That's the Disney one. That happened yeah, a week It was literally before. a week yeah. before. <gasps> so that was what, in Anaheim? Or? It was in Anaheim. Some of our friends did go, and that's where they revealed a bunch of stuff on like... It's like an all Disney like convention. Yes. I'd be down yeah, for that. Like they announced that they're gonna create a Star Wars hotel that is very. It's kind of like RPG. Yeah, it's like an immersive you experience. There. Yeah, they're gonna give you oh. a costume and everything. Your windows are actually gonna be looking into space. That's sick. I want to go. I saw <laughs> yes, a photo of me that. Too. I didn't know that was real. I thought I don't know. I thought somebody like made something up. No, that's it's coming. Shows how much I paid. And that's where they revealed the new trailer or uh, a new behind the scenes trailer for the new Star Wars movie featuring Kelly Marie Tran. We need to get Kelly. More. Yes. She's the sweetest and that's amazing. Yeah. D23. So it's is it every year before right before Comic-Con? Um no, every other year, I think. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um so we're going to share more about my experiences with uh at Comic-Con along with um Weren't you didn't you see Will Smith or something? You didn't you, I did. you snapped me or Insta story <laughs> messaged me? We snuck for into to kill Hall me H. and torture me. Hall H is like the hall where like they do all the um the big trailers and people camp out all day for it. Did and you see Gal Gadot? We didn't, and I'm just <gasps> missed Chris Hemsworth too. Um, but <laughs> we were able to get into Hall H because um, apparently nobody wanted to go sit through the Death Note panel, so there was no line. So we walked straight right in and um, got to sit down for the Bright panel, which is the new, the new Will Smith um, Netflix movie, which is basically like what if Lord of the Rings took place in Los Angeles, modern day. Uh, who's Frodo? No, so Will Smith plays a human cop partner with the orc, like the first orc on the force. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. We're getting all kinds of creative. Now we're just hybridizing <laughs> stories. and That's cool, though. That's a whole other creativity. Yeah. You know. Um, huh. I would have never thought. Of but yeah, that's just, just my, that's my quick Comic-Con update. Um, check out our special episode coming hopefully later this week, um, if not next week. Um, I'm trying to get that together as soon as I can. Um, but Yeah. We'll take a quick break right now, <laughs> and uh, we'll be back to talk more with Jennifer. Stick around. Hey, 
Hey everyone, it's Marvin. Uh, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Collabcast. The Collabcast, of course, is part of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, uh, discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. A couple quick updates from the collaboration movement. Congratulations to Alex Liu, a spoken word artist from Los Angeles, for winning the 2017 Collab LA Showcase. Um, Alex will be joining our other city winners this November at the Collaboration Star Finale Showcase, um, taking place in Little Tokyo, Los Angeles. And now that the Los Angeles Showcase is taken care of, there is one more showcase um, for this collaboration season before the finale, and that's Collaboration Houston taking place on Saturday, August the 5th, 2017, at the Stafford Center. Um, this year's Collaboration Houston Showcase will be an all-star show featuring special guests Kev Jumba and Keena Granis. Learn more about the show and how to get tickets by going to our website www.collaboration.org You can also find out more about Collaboration's programs and our other content offerings by going to the website as well. Um, the website again is www.collaboration.org the Collabcast is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of independent podcasts and podcasters from the Asian American community. Each week, I like to highlight another great show from the collective. And this week, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Good Muslim, Bad Muslim, a really great podcast hosted by Taz Ahmed and Zara Nurbash about the good and the bad about the American Muslim female experience. They just dropped their 31st episode this week, um, where Zara buys a designer diaper bag and Taz prepares for a billionaire prenup. Uh, check out Good Muslim, Bad Muslim, and the other great shows of the Potluck Podcast Collective, such as the Collabcast, by going to the website www.podcastpotluck.com. And that'll do it for this break. Thanks again for listening to the Collabcast. Uh, let's get you back to the show. And welcome back to the collab cast. It's episode 131. I'm Marvin. Uh, 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 I'm Minji. <laughs> and we're here with our guest, singer songwriter Jennifer Chung. Hi. 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 Are you playing with your dog right now? Well, they're underneath me right now. Like I'm sitting <laughs> on my farm table like bench. And they're just right next to me. This is also why I love dogs because they just always want to be next to you. And you're just like, yes, you love me. Exactly. Unlike these jerk cats. <laughs> <laughs> let it be they, known they always they always like sit on your feet and just make you feel like you know you're special to them That's, they just want to be really close to you so if y'all ever come to Atlanta you can stay with us and you'll fall in love with my dogs too uh, my cousin totally. has like a I think it's a pit bull mix but he likes jumping on me a lot Oh, I love how they That's act like they're tiny puppies they, they like jump on you like <laughs> hey sit on your lap yeah <laughs> I'm I'm five pounds. Here, <laughs> move over. Um, but human. Jennifer, you are in Atlanta. How long have you been I there? Am. I've been here now for four years. Wow. Say what? That's been four years already? Yeah, it's longer than I was in college. So wow. now like, I'm having more memories here. But I miss, I miss California so much. I'll never stop saying hella. Yeah. Uh, I get to visit LA and... San Francisco, like Bay Area pretty often because my mom's still in San Jose. My brother is in Southern California. He's actually a DJ and he's been doing really well too. What? Um, your brother's a DJ? Who's your brother? Yeah. So they're called Arm and Hammer. It's A-R-M as in man, <laughs> N as in Nancy, H-M-R, H-M-R. So Arm and Hammer. But they, they are killing it because they've been doing music now at least five years. It's So my brother's name's Joseph Chung. 
Okay. And he also has a music partner, DJ partner named Joseph. So they're two Josephs. One's Korean, one's Filipino. Nice. My brother's the Korean. And they started off with doing remixes, but um, they started getting a lot of clout on SoundCloud. And Chainsmokers actually really loved their remix of something and put them on. And they pretty much opened for Chainsmokers on Halloween last year. And since then, they've signed with an agency, the same agents as um, Marshmallow, DJ Marshmallow. Shut up. Yeah. So my brother actually got to perform at Red Rock, which is like a huge festival that they have supposedly. And um, they did the Heineken House at Coachella. So I'm really proud of him. Dude, I'm totes just followed. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're getting big. And, you know, a lot of times people give um, Chainsmokers a hard time, but you know, as an Asian American, I'm like, dude, they're like these two white dudes that put on two Asian kids and didn't care besides like, yeah, these guys are talented. And they'll say it on like serious FM, um, like interviews saying Arm and Hammer, they're the best up and comers. They're not even up and comers. They're legit. They just showed my brother and his music partner so much love. How old is, uh, does he want, not want that revealed? I'm like, I'm like totally social. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's a secret, but he's only three years younger than me. Um, so he's a youngin. He's like, uh, he's in his mid twenties now, but like early twenties. Dude, that's and, so dope. Yeah, I they, love that. So your mom has like your your parents have just been like having, you know, musical children. Yeah. So my mom's a dance teacher. She oh, actually yeah. majored in um, modern dance in Korea. She went to Chungang University nice. and studied dance in undergrad and grad school. My my dad was. A comedian turned what? activist. What? So our, our, I don't know a life without art. That's incredible. Like, and you know, there's Jen because like the typical Korean family slash Asian mm-hmm. family would not have like, oh, my dad's a comedian activist and my mom's a dancer and dance teacher. It's not right. a, a common uh, pairing or like experience. I don't know. I think that's, I'm very... I love my very typical Korean parents. I feel like it's it's really cute. My dad was an engineer, tur- and now my parents are dry cleaner owners. And, like, it's cute to be part of that narrative. It's also, like, envious of, like, what's that like to have been, like, accepted to be a- an aspiring artist? <laughs> but sure, whatever, it's sure. funny. Everyone has their stories. But that's really amazing. Thank you. Honestly, when I was younger, I was envious of, you know – my friends who had parents who had stable jobs and like could pay bills. And my parents split when I was really young. Mm-hmm. I was only like five years old when they split up. And so my mom raised us on her own in the States. My mm-hmm. dad moved back to Korea oh. and my mom taught Korean traditional dance in the Bay area to make a living. So she obviously studied Korean traditional dance, but it wasn't her passion. It was modern dance, but it was still some, so I grew up doing like doing Korean traditional dance with like poop drum dance and like, which is a fan I dance. did Puchich, I did fan dance. Yeah, my Jim, mom got definitely one of the, dude. <laughs> definitely. Are these like definitely. the dances that we coordinate for our like yes. Lunar New Year for festivals? Lunar New Year? Yes, we do. We hire people for this. Now you got to hire Jen and me. Yeah. And we're, we're gonna rehearse and we're gonna have our dressing room and do fan dance. <laughs> my mom has a closet full of like Korean traditional clothes. Actually, my mom has a one bedroom apartment in San Jose. Her room is filled with Korean traditional costumes, and my mom sleeps in the living room. What? Yeah, she has her committed. like her dressing room. Her room is her dressing room. Exactly. She's committed, but 
the struggle is super real. Like this is honestly why I did not intend on being someone who pursued art mm. because it was so impractical. It's the most impractical thing. <laughs> and I also saw it as a very selfish thing because you, my mom, like for her, so Christianity is a big part of my life and my faith, but my mom and my dad didn't go to church. So mm. I went to church on my own, but for my mom, her identity was very tied to her success or her passion or how people knew her. Yeah. And for me, I just couldn't stay away from music. It's just, it's just something that came naturally to me to sing. But, and I also, because I grew up performing at festivals and on stage doing Korean traditional dance, it wasn't, I wasn't always nervous being on stage. It was a more familiar place. Yeah. But I just told myself, like, there's no way that I'm going to put my kids through what my mom put us through. You know, we were always in the van, always, like, on the go to perform. And I didn't grow up eating a lot of Korean food because we were always eating fast food. It, it was just a t- very different upbringing. Wow. I feel like I'm getting to know, like, this. I have so many <laughs> questions. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you are well known as a creative and true creative. Yeah. yeah. Part of what we want to ask is, have you been able to keep creating out in, out in the South? Yeah. So when I had first moved to Atlanta, it's funny cause I was taking a break when I started posting videos on YouTube when I was 17 oh, wow. and back then YouTube wasn't what it is now. Not and again, <laughs> like to this day where I'm living right now in the South, this apartment, I've been here longer than any address I have ever. I've always moved every year, physical addresses, uh, because my mom was always trying to find like the cheapest rent to the closest school. And the reason why I started posting YouTube videos in the first place was because we moved the summer before my freshman year of college. Mm. And I moved from Millbrae, which is where the San Francisco airport is, to Cupertino. And yes. I, I didn't have a car and it's hard to get, you like have to get driven to the train station yeah. to get to Millbrae. So I just didn't hang out with my friends and they told me, oh, we miss hearing you sing. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to upload music. <laughs> and back then people used SoundClick. Do y'all remember SoundClick? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Well, it doesn't exist. That was anymore. out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> it was kind of like SoundCloud we- where people just upload stuff. Oh, oh. but it's and only uh, audio, not video. Right, it was audio, and I used to upload on Soompi. Y'all remember? Soompi? I remember Soompi. <laughs> yeah, and like people would share, like, yeah, I'm a musician, and I sing, and I'm like, me too, and here I am singing. And then I was like, hey, I'm just gonna upload a YouTube video. Wow. Like, it wasn't anything back then. Um, but with that, I got, I took a first request from one of my best friends, and then random people started watching, and that's how I started posting. So it was weird because I had to grow up in front of people. And didn't know how to navigate through this. And all I wanted was to just make good friendships and genuine friendships. I'm not a competitive person. Mm. And it it was hard trying to figure out how I could. I felt like I was living the life I didn't want to live. Where I was struggling financially because I was trying to be an artist. I love it's all the things that you're avoiding as a, yeah. as a young person. You're like, hey, I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z. Well, there's more in life. Exactly. Is that like reverse manifestation? Kind is, of. Is that- <laughs> Again, it's kind of, uh, I, I tell Marvin this all the time. It's law of attraction. But it's uh, ironically like what you think about, even if you're trying to avoid something, you're still thinking about it. And somehow yeah, and it comes like into destiny. Life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I told myself I'm never going to be with a musician like my dad was. <laughs> And then I moved to Korea spontaneously, and then I met my husband through Instagram because yep. he was an artist, and he was doing, like, research on YouTube videos and was supporting me for a while. And 
I married a musician. <laughs> okay, I want the deeper story because I've heard that version, like that very glossed over, non-detailed uh, <laughs> version of like, I met my husband on Instagram. What does that mean? Because I don't, I, I didn't get to know you that well, Jen, and I feel like we're sure. getting to do this over the podcast, which I love. love um, but what, can can we get the details? I mean, just call yeah. me your story <laughs> question. So, <laughs> no, I'm not question. I, I want to divulge, elaborate. Yeah, so when I went to Korea, I reunited with my dad after 10 years. So wow. we hadn't seen each other. I had kind of a resentment towards him, but at the same time, I was kind of like, I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think that I had quote unquote daddy issues, uh-huh. but there was a lot more like peace that I needed to find within myself to yeah. forgive my father or actually know who he is. Cause when you grow up with one parent, you just have their perspective and it's not to say that they're wrong, but it's their experience. And it wasn't fair for me to not know what my dad's experience was from all of this. Mm-hmm. And also he didn't have a relationship with us and he didn't have a chance to share because all we would talk about was very surface level things. But I kind of like forced myself back into his life and I lived with him for like eight months. And this is when I learned Whoa. more about him. And I, I wasn't sure if I was ever, when I was going to come back to California because the, the struggle was re- real. When I lived in LA, K-Town, it was like my dark days because I was like, what am I doing? How can I survive here? Yeah. And I couldn't move back at home to my mom. But I couldn't move back home with my mom because her room is filled with Korean traditional clothes and she sleeps <laughs> in the living room, like super no like, room tiny area. She would kick me out. So I was just trying to figure myself out. But uh, my husband, he is Jules. Y'all can find him online as a rapper and producer as well. But he was working at a a studio called Icon, and he worked his way up. He he started as an intern. He became a nighttime manager and was an audio engineer. He's run the board for, like, Young Jeezy, Music Soul Child. Like, if Music Soul Child saw him down the street, he would yell out for John. Like, that, like... He's worked with like legit people Mm -hmm. and he was getting into videography because one of the clients wanted to start posting YouTube videos and that's when he stumbled upon one of my covers and he supported me for like a year, just like liking my stuff on Instagram, blah, 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 but I never noticed until one day, (laughs) January, 2013, I noticed that he liked my picture and his profile picture is an old school vintage picture of his dad. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, he's Korean. I must know him. Maybe he's my friend. You know, because all Koreans kind of know each other. <laughs> yes, we do. Or like a half degree separation. The legends are true. The legends are right. very true. <laughs> oh, I would look at his page. And I was like, oh, I have no idea who he is. It seems like he has a lot of black friends. He lives in Atlanta, goes to church. I could tell he's really close to his mom. And he's cute. So I'm just going to call him <laughs> I love how we can just have do, do the web stalking thing now. It like, is. Yeah. No, no shame. No shame. <laughs> no shame. You know, I was hella no shame. I literally <laughs> scrolled all the way down to a picture that was obviously taken years before. Did you like and it? And I, I commented on it. Get oh. it, girl. Yes. I, I was applaud like, what's you. the worst that can happen? Is he going to come to Korea and kill me? No. So <laughs> I commented on the picture. I have it bookmarked to this day, so oh. that I'll always go back to it. But, but the first thing I ever said to him was, I couldn't help but like this picture. <laughs> but hey. it was just a picture of him and his mom. It was just oh, a picture of him and his mom. Oh, that's so sweet. And that must have meant a lot to him. Yeah, so he was, like, surprised. And he was like, oh, thank you so much. And then he was like, oh, um, I was like, oh. I don't know if it was him or me, but basically we were like, oh, we should work on music sometime. And then we got each other's email and then Kakao. And he (laughs) downloaded Kakao for me. I just assumed he knew what it was, but he downloaded it for me. And then that week, I kid you not, we knew we were supposed to be together. We were like, oh, we're supposed to be together. (laughs) Like, 
I love you. <laughs> oh my god, this is so cute. Yeah. This is like such a millennial Korean American like yeah, I fairy tale. I missed out on dating apps. Okay, like it's <laughs> yeah. one of my like sad things. It's I wish I tried <laughs> coffee with bagel. I wish I was able to say yeah, I swiped left. It I wasn't mean, like that. Technically, Instagram was your dating app. That's so. what I was about to say, girl. You just <laughs> yeah. bumbled him. You bumbled him. You took that first <laughs> I did. step. You That's know, the one where the girl chooses. Yes. This is like the because I met my girlfriend on a dating app, and like yes. you can't explain it to your parents because they don't understand. No, my mom gets here. it now. So my mom was prejudiced about it before. She's like, internet is a bulgo, you know. Like she's just like, <laughs> what? And then now it's like my cousin met her boyfriend. Sorry, Grace, I'm calling you out. My uh, <laughs> my cousin has her boyfriend. Well, now we know her cousin's name is Grace. <laughs> we all love her. No, it's all good. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No, no NDA though. We didn't send NDA on that. No one, stigma. So. No shade. But, like, my mom's, like, coming around to it. But, like, I give you so much props, Jen. Like, that's... We're going to talk about that. You can I mean, technically, way. step two of online dating is once you swipe right, you then... Once you match, then you... Do, then you then you engage in the internet stalking. But they didn't even match. She just like I'm just gonna like say what's up to this guy, even though he had been <laughs> liking her stuff, which is the only way she found him. So kind of, kind of right. So I was just like, he seems cool. I mean, I've worked with people on music, and I've never met them before. So I legitimately was like, he's cute, but I could just have him as my friend that I can make music with. But we were sprung, and then. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I so I had an opportunity where we were like, you know what? I think we're supposed to be together, but we need to know for sure. So I visited him in Atlanta a month later for the first time. Whoa. And that week, I stayed with him and met his family because it was his like nephew's birthday. Girl. And then that Wednesday, we got on got into our first fight, and it had to do with music, of course. <laughs> and then I wrote him a letter because he was like, "Be just saw." He was like in the corner just like wanting to like do his own thing and then I wrote him a letter just telling him you know I I remember us talking about how you deal with conflict and it's one thing to hear about it's another thing to experience it and I'm still thankful to be here and then I wrote wrote him that letter set it aside and then I went to sleep and then he woke me up and asked me to marry him what yeah it's no ring like he lived in a house with roommates we were broke we were both broke, but I remember, like, I was thinking, dude, this guy, like, can't even propose with the ring. He has roommates. <laughs> he is not making that good of a living working at a recording studio. The struggle is real. But I had it in my heart that God was telling me, even if he had a ring, it doesn't mean he can take care of you. Uh-huh. So you just have to believe that this is what I want for you. And so you, we, you knew. Yeah. So I said yes. And it was a promise. But I had flown back to Korea. And we were like, oh, we should be together. And we were like, okay, we'll just get married then. We'll just do it at City Hall or something. Because my mom's a single parent. His mom's a single parent. My father-in-law passed away when my husband was 12. So she, like, it was just like, we are not, we're not going to have money to do that. But we, my mom had become a Christian a year before I met my husband. And their church was like, no, they have to get married at the church. So we had a full-blown wedding. And everyone just blessed us. Like, they did everything for us. I only paid for my wedding dress, which I found like two weeks before. And it was really last minute to my friends because, again, January, we started talking. February, we got engaged. April, (laughs) 420, okay? 420 was our wedding date. A special day. um, (laughs) Yeah, so I just, my invites were direct messaging my friends on Facebook. What? Hey, like, I'm getting married. Like, no pressure. If you can make it cool, if not, don't worry about it. There's going to be no reception. It's not going to be like a cool, fun wedding, but just wanted you to know that I want you to be there. I had friends like 
ditch Coachella for it. You know, oh. you know, our, our friend AJ Raphael, he came, he ditched Coachella for me. Like oh. AJ, we yeah, love like you. people really like showed up and showed us support. And I, I felt like that was another sign that God was telling us like, you guys, I have you, I've got you covered. And then I moved <sighs> to Atlanta. Wow. So, okay, January, talk, February, engage, April, married. When Right after that, right after you got married, April, you moved to Atlanta? Yeah, so we did a cross-country drive. It wasn't nice. It was so annoying. But, <laughs> you know, like, you don't really Did know I just make person. a big mistake? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know this person, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, I've committed forever. But we joke <laughs> because we joke that God wanted us to get married because if we were just boyfriend and girlfriend, we would have broken up. Mm. But we we worked through everything, and now we've been married for four years, and it's better than it's ever been. Like year one, year two was tough. Like year one was the hardest for sure, but you know, I can see how much we've grown as individuals, and also giving me time to step away from the comforts that I had of California, and knowing what it is like to build my own community, and rediscovering myself as a person and as a musician. <sighs> Can we turn this into a movie? Because, like, <laughs> with the dopest soundtrack ever. Yeah. With an official soundtrack it. featuring all your friends, because all your friends are talented as hell. And, like, oh my God, that'd be amazing. I would, like. Oh, man. Okay, I'm like, well, I'm also, you know, I'm an actor and writer, director. I'll make, we gotta make this film. Let's <laughs> do it. Because we need to show a different narrative besides, like, you know, like, I did have a different experience. I want to show that there are creatives out there and that are Asian. Yeah. And we had parents that are creatives too, you know, yeah. and what that looks like. And trying to do that in the United States. I give my mom major props. She didn't know how to speak English. My mom's in English school now, now wow. that we're at home. Wow. And she goes to community college so that she could learn English now because we are not there to help her. But she was able to survive all these years, and that's not easy. That's I say the same thing about my grandma. Like, she's in her 80s now, and she's mm-hmm. run three or four businesses. Still asked me to read her mail for her. I was like, Grandma, how'd you run four <laughs> businesses? And you don't Low like... Key, she just likes hearing talk. Okay? Yeah. No, she actually called me last night. I had a really nice chat with her. It's like, our, our, and I'm getting better at Korean, yo. I'm just saying. Pat on my own back. But it's it's really... You know, all these stories lead to more stories, right? Your mother's story is like, that's what I'm saying. Like, every time I talk to any person, like, we could whole make, make a whole, like, series just about your mom, right? And that, <laughs> that journey. And I say the same thing about my mom. I didn't know a lot of her struggles until, you know, the last five to seven years. I've been right. learning more about my mother as a woman because I'm finally <laughs> an adult-ish. And, uh... Well, even talking to out. people about their experiences as second generation or 1.5 generation, you know, like talking to Jennifer now about her 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 love story is different than talking. <laughs> Last week we had David still talk about his love story, which is <laughs> so, so different. Oh, David, <laughs> <laughs> I just recently re-listened to that. I was okay for disclaimer. I was out of my mind, tired. I was just like <laughs> laughing the whole time at everything David said. But um, no, I think that's what I don't. Know why I love this podcast is like i get to hear about this amazing instagram (laughs) pre-app love story and to me i don't know that gives me so much hope because jen like we're both girls from the bay we're both Mm -hmm. these creatives in a way we're like the black sheep in a bigger community Mm -hmm. you know i don't i felt in a lot of ways i mean i don't have the same path as you but i felt very like othered because 
you know, I was I was personally on the path to do medicine and then watching all my friends still go down their respective paths, which has been dope. But then me, I'm like out here like I'm an actress and and it's just so it's so refreshing and it gives a lot of hope because I'm like, you know what? People got to just have faith in your path, right? You got to have yeah. the conviction and then the courage to just be like, you know what? I know that this is mad uncomfortable and like weird. Like when you step back, mm-hmm. you're like, is this my real life? <laughs> you know, did I just do that? Did I just, we just did that one month. I talked to this guy for the first time a month ago. And yes, I will marry him. Like that's Yes. And incredible. I think the biggest thing is, especially when we're growing up, it's easy to take other people's opinions mm-hmm. about who they think you are, who you should be. Mm-hmm. And it skews things. But knowing like who you are and what you're supposed to do, people can't get in the way of that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was just complimenting you like yesterday on how great of an actress you are. So I can't imagine how people would get in the way of that. And you just have to be like, this is who I am. I'm Aww. sorry if like that doesn't fit your picture, but you need to free yourself of that picture because I'm sure that's weighing you down. But it doesn't have to weigh me down. Yeah. So, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, the wedding day was the first day a lot of my friends met my husband. Uh-huh. And the day before the wedding was when our moms met each other for first time and my mom met him for the first time and like all my friends were like do you do you want to call it off like we got you we can call (laughs) (laughs) just fyi yeah, yeah, just back. FYI, like, car's ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, run, 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 runway bride this shit. Right, right. Well, because right. you need your friends who are, like, supportive no matter what. And you need the friends of, like, dude, if you want a jet, I got the... Like, right. Like, I have gas like, in my car. I know you want to do this, but, like, if you don't, like, we got you. <laughs> That's so... I love that. That's love. I'll be like, it let is. me think about this. Yes, I do want to do this. <laughs> That's so yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. my gosh. But, I mean... Chemistry has a lot to deal with it too, you know. Like sometimes you just know. She knew. She yeah. just knew. That's I think different departments of my life. I've been very instinctual and intuitive about things, and then other areas I get very like self doubting. And <laughs> mm, is that no? Right I decision? understand because okay, now we've been married four years, and now my friends are getting married. So I've been like the only friend that was married for a while. So I couldn't even like talk to them about what marriage was like. Yeah. But now I'm, I'm going to their weddings and some of these weddings are balling. Okay. Like they have <laughs> craziest weddings and I feel like hella embarrassed sometimes about like what our setup was. No. But at the same time, like it was what it was. And I have to mentally tell myself, Jennifer, like don't compare your wedding four years Seriously, ago. that's going to be another episode no. of my podcast because we're talking about that. I'm going to talk about wedding culture, FYI. No, seriously. Like, and then I have to remember, like, this is their thing. But also, I, I want to be the voice for people that think they can't get married because they don't have enough money. That's like a freaking lie. Yeah. yeah. No. What? And if anything, if you don't have money, people want to do more for you. <laughs> exactly. Here are the gifts. <laughs> There yeah, because they know but and they genuinely like just want to be there for you. Exactly. I'm going exactly. to kickstart my wedding. Exactly. Crowdfund it. <laughs> you know it, what I'm saying? Literally. You know? Do it. I already have my setup. I already know what's going to I'm just having my wedding in God's church. I just want trees. Like we don't need a. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. I have a white t shirt. Like we're good. <laughs> Forever 21. I've gotten away with more outfits from Forever 21 where people thought that it was some like fancy did. I was like, nope, we can do it again. <laughs> 
You know what? It's all about how you how you present yourself. It's all about confidence. exactly. It's all about perception. <sighs> oh. Love it. All right. Before we wrap up, because we've been going for a while, I love how the majority of this turned into her talking about her husband. I'm so happy right now. I don't feel like not bad. No, 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 bad. no. Do not at all. I'm so happy. This is like what this is what I wanted to know. I was like, I, I, I will, ask her I will say though, like in Atlanta, as a Korean American, he's one of the people who really stuck through being a creative here. And in California, we do have a huge community of creatives as Asian Americans. And we do a really good job of banding together and having that community. But I think Atlanta is right now in the cusp of doing that. Like we're really in the brink of coming together and pushing people to be artists. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with Sam Ock, but he's an amazing singer songwriter and he's in Atlanta now. He moved here from Virginia and like, it's just so cool to see the culture come together here. Whereas in California, I think I, I was a little spoiled. Comfortable, maybe. But like, we, yeah. we definitely yeah. see that, you know, being in so many different cities as collaboration, you know, everyone is, you know, there is there is this need for community. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everywhere is kind of building it slowly and slowly and kind of having support. on their own. And um, honestly, LA, yeah. we, we've talked about like how LA at least in the Asian American community, it's, it's, it's evolved a lot here too. And it's kind of like, it's, it's ironic because we, we've been encouraging other Asian Americans to go be artists and they have. And so then it's kind of been this blob that's like growing and growing. So there are different groups, subgroups within the Asian community here. So it's, it doesn't feel, it's still small, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. as small, but I, I'm really happy to hear that. And I was, I love, I rave about Atlanta (laughs) all the time. Jen telling you since I left that show, you were there. You felt that energy. It was a great show. It was, it was a, great a great night. Show. I mean, it's great just to know that there's people around you that are doing the same things that you want to do. In their way and supporting, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they really, and they band together and uh, the South has something to say, they say. So. Yes. <laughs> everyone, everyone has to visit. I really but love I that. Know this, but I'm really thankful for collaboration because when I was a freshman in college, the way that I got into collaborations door was doing the freestyle vocal competition. What were you? Yeah. I so I still have it on my YouTube channel because my <gasps> friend recorded it. Wait. But I did the freestyle vocal competition and I was so sassy back then. I don't know what I was thinking, but I had, I like probably was on adrenaline high because the audience was lit. <laughs> like it was hella people. I, I was singing and I was like pointing back at the guy that I was battling against, like shunning him. And it was a moment where the crowd was going crazy. And then PK was like, a star is born. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And since then, I got to do like collaboration acoustic. So that's dope. Wait, what song did you sing in the freestyle? I want to know. Fergie. Like, uh, (laughs) oh my gosh, I don't Lingers on me now. Oh. You're probably on your way back to your hometown. Big girls don't but cry. They, mm. Yes. Oh, that's there's a part where I go. I hope you know. I hope you know that this has nothing to do with you. I pointed at the guy that I was battling against, <laughs> and I was, and everyone was laughing, but also like cheering me on. But it's so funny because I watch it now, and I'm just like shaking my head, like, "What were you thinking?" Oh, little girl. And I was like, I just wanted to win. You gotta get in their heads. It's like you mind did. games. Yeah. yeah, good for you. I'm applauding you. Yes, queen. Um, yeah, real quick before we go, um, you've been working on new music, right? 
Yes, yes. I have finally. So yes. six years ago is when I came out with my album. And since then, I was like living my life, becoming <laughs> an adult called Mary. What's that like? <laughs> and um, the timing was just right. I felt like I was in a place where I was ready to create. And um, I asked Sam off to produce my album. So we've been working together and we just launched a Kickstarter a few days ago. And I'm happy to say that we are like 60% there. Wow. Get it. Very nice. People are thirsty. Thirsty for some yeah, Jennifer Chan. I mean, people, I feel so <laughs> blessed right now because I think for the longest time I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore because I hate competing. And it's not even like I have to compete, but, you know, sometimes the world tells you that it's a competition. Yeah. And it was just a matter of me being like, no, actually, I have something to say because I'm in the South. And <laughs> I want to share the music and people have been really supportive and in that process people have been sharing their past experiences with my music and um it's i've been blown away by everyone's kindness even being invited to talk to y'all today thank you so much seriously of course oh, this has been the best yeah i'm really excited for everything that's coming especially your music but just like the whole journey of jennifer chung unfolding is like it's quite a story yeah Thank you. Thank you. I mean, we'll have to all like chit chat next time and grab some coffee. Oh, yes. Yeah. If you're ever back in LA, come out, come down to your office in person. We'll, t- we'll chat I would in person. Love to. Yeah. Um, and that was episode 131 of the Clubcast with Jennifer Chung. Um, the story of her, her love. I want to hear more. I'm um, not done yet. <laughs> Jennifer, if people want to find more of your stuff, where can they go? Yeah. So all of my social media handles are Jennifer J. Chung. Um, so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram is J E N N I F E R J C H U N G Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. I'm, I'm being hype about my campaign. So if you're excited about hearing new music, like please support, um, it's not just supporting me. It's supporting the other artists that are involved, including the graphic designers, the producer. I just want to do this right. I want everyone to have a good experience with this project. I don't want it to be like homey hookup only. So that's why I wanted to do this Kickstarter to make sure everyone that's what they deserve. Yeah. And you can always contact Minji and myself at the Collabcast by sending us an email at podcast at collaboration.org. We always love hearing from you. Um, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. And um, that'll do it. That's it for this week. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Nothing ever lasts.